All right, I'd like to introduce our speaker for today, Debbie. Thanks so much for having me. And I don't think I can do a share screen to show pics, but that's okay. I'm gonna read out of um, the for today. And I'm gonna read today's for today because I liked it. Uh, January 24th, every man has his own courage, but is betrayed because he seeks in himself in the courage of other persons. A quote from Ralph Waldo Emerson. Other people always seemed better than me more confident, more at ease, better able to deal with life's problems. I only knew how I felt and how others looked. When I came to OA, I heard, don't compare your inside with someone else's outside. And God does not make junk. Each time I am aware of the tendency to put myself down, I affirm and follow through on my belief that I deserve the same credit I give to others. I treat myself as I would treat someone I love and respect. For today, Liking myself, as God does, opens new doors, evokes a new spirit that gives me courage and makes room for true humility. Um, so that said, I'm Debbie, Grateful Compulsive Overeater, and happy to be here in this meeting, and it's nice to meet everybody. Um, this is my first time at this meeting. I'm in Washington, D.C., so it's 1245 here. And um, I picked this reading because this morning um, I was in a, another OA meeting where someone shared about being in a big home and how she didn't like that she had to clean up her home but that she was grateful that she had a big home and i immediately got resentful and because of this program uh i could identify that i had those feelings instead of just having them thinking about it and then maybe angry eating over it later and i i got resentful because i live in a very small condo it's a condo that i bought because I travel for work a lot and now I'm grounded. For the last year, I've been grounded in this tiny 500 square foot condo in the middle of urban DC. And um, I feel like I'm in a prison and I, I, I sometimes get really aggravated. I'm just not used to this way of living. And so this reading reminds me that I can't compare myself to other people and I, I have to remain in gratitude. But then it, when I dig a little deeper on this reading, it reminds me that um, what I've learned working with a sponsor, especially in step four, is that uh, when I was growing up, I was heavy. At the age of eight, my mom divorced my dad, but the court said, you can live with your dad who has a lot of money, but who abused one of your sisters. And I didn't even know what that meant, but I knew he wasn't safe. Or you could live with your mom who's very loving, but you're gonna be dirt poor. And I have six other brothers and sisters. So it's my mom, and the seven kids or my dad. And I remember thinking I'm eight years old. I don't actually I don't remember thinking this. I just remember having this feeling of like, I make this choice. You're leaving it to me to make this choice. Like this man is horrible. Like he did something crazy scary. I didn't even conceive in my eight year old mind. But from a very early age, I couldn't trust adults. And I started turning to food. And I, I used it as an emotional tool. There was chaos. I, I reached for that. And it was in the 80s when Nancy Reagan was saying, just say no to drugs. And I remember being like, wow, how can people do drugs? I was like such a good little girl. How can people do drugs? Drugs are so bad. Eating my candy in secret in the bathroom. You know, doing the same thing that drug addicts do. Hiding, you know, not trusting anybody, being secretive, you know, having, numbing out. And so um, 
what does that have to do with this reading? Um, God does not make junk. So because I gained weight from overeating at a young age, I was chubby. I wasn't obese, but I was chubby. No one saw me walking in the room. They saw a fat girl that they wanted to fix. And so I, I was, I had these repeat messages and thank God for the program. I can forgive other people. I can forgive society. I remember when they say in the book, you know, person, place, or institution. So I was like, what does that mean, institution? Diet institution, diet culture, fat phobia, women as objects. Like, I have forgiven mass society for still continuing to proliferate this capitalist image of, like, you know, they make money off of our bodies. And, and I forgive all of that, and I exist in the space. And it doesn't have the same power over me. But when I was growing up, I didn't think I was worth anything because I wasn't skinny. And I pushed myself into academics because then that partially saved me too. Because I thought if I'm not playing, I can't win that race. I'm never going to get a man, but I'm going to get an education. And so I, I moved in that direction, thank God, or else I would have probably gone into this drug of food a lot faster. But I did that, and, but I kept getting the message all the while trying to focus and hold on to being smart. I still kept getting the message, you're not good enough, you're not good enough. And I'm, I'll never forget, this was one sad moment for me. Someone gave me a gift of this beautiful soap set. I was 13 years old. Maybe I was 10 pounds or 20 pounds overweight. They gave me this beautiful soap gift. I remember thinking, this is so beautiful. And I was so poor. It would probably cost $12. And I was like, this is amazing. I will use it when I get to my body weight. I don't deserve it now. I'm going to put this on the shelf and wait until I get to that. And I dieted and I tried. I never got to the weight. I never opened it up. Life is something that I was waiting to do until I got to the body weight. It wasn't, I wasn't worthy of living. I wasn't worthy of a man. I wasn't worthy of good things. It was on the shelf and I was focused on exercising and diet culture. I didn't have that when I was very young. I didn't have the diet culture. I didn't care, but it was sort of repeat messages. And I felt like I was just like knocked down until I was like, fine, I'll join your cult of dieting and exercising. And then I became the president of it. Thankfully, I, um, I found OA. And so going back to the reading, um, even in OA, other people's recovery seems better. Other people's abstinence seems better. Other people are extra. Other people seem spiritually enlightened. It's so easy for me to inventory other people, not know any. I don't know anything. And I'm not supposed to know. And I don't need to know. And so um, sponsoring, I, I, had, I had at one point, I've sponsored a lot of women and girls. And I've sponsored... And in sponsoring, I realized I'm not even supposed to inventory them. You know, like, I'm not their God. And it, and when I became a sponsor, I took it so seriously. I was like, I don't want to do anything bad. I don't, I really want to do the right thing. I want to be of service. Because the person who sponsored me was so loving and gentle that she really helped me. She knocked the doors open. She was the very first person I trusted ever in my life, really, I think. Ever. And it's really weird to say, like, I'm 38 years old. I was 38 or 37 when I came into OA. And like, that's the first person, like 37. But you know what? How am I, I don't, I'm not in the race with anybody else. So yes, I felt like I came to this program too late. I wish I had come in my twenties. I wish this, I wish that, but that's not, that's not my, that's past. So, you know, I'm, I'm grateful. God opens new doors and evokes a new spirit. Encouraged, makes room for true humility, you know, a woman may have a big house, but I don't know her story. She can be married to an alcoholic and cry every night. I can focus on myself. 
getting married and divorced, when I was married, good Lord, did I learn that I should not be inventorying. And my favorite joke is if you want to do a 10 step, get married or have children because they will tell you your character defects. <laughs> um, but you know, so it's like really easy when you're with people that are close to you to like inventory them. Um, and that's like almost, a, you know, a react, that's part of the disease. True. You inventory them, you feel a little bit safer, like, aha, I know what you're going to do. But that also takes the responsibility away from looking at my part in things. And I have to say, every step has something in this reading. Step one is honesty. Step two is I don't do it alone. I have to, I can't solve my problem. Step three is why don't I try it? Why don't I try not solving my problem? Why don't I try something different? Step four is what happened to me that got me to this place that I'm at where I have these old tools? Step five is why don't I show my old tools that didn't work to somebody else so that they can see I have those tools too, they suck. Let's throw them out the window and try something different. Step six is, what are the characteristics that I have that served me back in the day? And I look at step four and five, and I say, what did I, what did, what are these characters? I used to lie. I'm not poor. I have a car. I'm rich. I used to lie because I was so ashamed of myself. And now lying had become a part of my way of life and my identity. So step six is an identity crisis, but it's also an awareness. Like, I don't need to be that way. You know what? Courage in step six is to decide that I can be willing to look at myself differently. And step seven is actually having the willingness to try a new way. So instead of being dishonest, what is the honest option? Oh, I can't be, I, you know what? I, I'd love to talk, but I have something else I need to do. It's more honest than I'm stepping into an elevator, gotta go, which I used to do to people. I was such a jerk. So like being honest and it's so liberating. And what I find is that other people who are honest, I respect them. I respect when they tell me the truth that I don't want to hear. Or that when they tell me the truth, that's actually just the truth. And honesty, it's not that hard. It's really, it was mind shattering when people started being honest. Like in a, in a staff meeting, they said things like, oh, you know what, I'm sorry, I spaced out for a second. Can you repeat what you said? And I used to say, oh, I just stepped into the bathroom and had to come back, you know, like crazy excuses. So um, step six is that uh, like just, being willing to look and make a list. You know, I'm not committing to anything, but I'm looking and making a list. Like, oh, okay, that's interesting. And step seven is, all right, let's try it. And then making a list of all people that I've harmed in step eight was scary because I thought I got to make amends to them all, but I don't. I just have to look and see what was the damage done. And because I worked step four and five, I don't have to feel bad that I, I, I don't, I do feel bad, but I don't have to really feel bad about how much I hurt people and just listing them there that enormous guilt was lifted. I hurt my sister. One time I hit her on the head and I was a grown adult. My parents hit me. Like I had the reaction to hit, but that's shameful. But then I turned it over and then I realized that's not me anymore. And even when it was recent, that still doesn't have to be me. And honesty is taking the secrets that are under the, under the bed or in the closet that scare the living crap out of me that I'm ashamed of and taking those dark secrets, putting it in the light of day, and having someone lovingly say, that's not terrible, that's okay, you know, let's try not to do those things anymore. And then it becomes released. And those are things that I deep down eat over. Like, I don't realize it, but I'm eating over a lot of those things. So making things out, so that's step eight is just writing that long list. And then a sponsor helps me because some of those people I don't owe amends, I owe myself an amends because I'm self-loathing. I would be the type of person that if you put a cigarette in my arm, I would say sorry, that my arm was in your way. 
And so that step eight and nine really helped me to figure out like, who are the people who put cigarettes in my arm and what was my role in that? And I did have a role. It stopped me from being a victim because I would have, I would pick abusive boyfriends and then I'd be like, these guys are assholes and I'm, you know, why are they doing this to me? But like, I also choose to stay with them and I forgive myself for that too. There's so much in this food program that it has nothing to do with food, but food is the symptom. Food is the barometer. And when I have food thoughts, it's not about the food. There's, it's never about the food. I have food thoughts and it's something else. And sometimes I have food thoughts because I just have the allergy of the body. And that's okay. It's like, if you have a symptom for any other disease, you would notice that symptom and then wait till it gets worse or you treat the symptom. You know, if you have a cut, you put a bandaid on it. If the cut doesn't stop bleeding, you go see a doctor. Well, in this program, it's a spiritual doctor and that's higher power. And the program is you notice that something's happening and you treat it with a spiritual solution. And that's writing one of the tools of the program or talking to a sponsor, bringing it to a meeting, doing service to get out of your head. Um, so step nine is making the amends. And once I made all the amends, I, I made amends to my brother. I was like, I didn't come to your wedding because I was ashamed of being 260 pounds. And I just didn't want anybody to see me. And I lied. I told him I had to work. And I missed my brother's wedding. He goes, I'm really sorry, Deb. Like, he felt bad. And it was so hard to make that amends. But I was like, I, I lied to you. And it was over. And it was done. And I never had, and I never stood at night thinking like, wow, you're such an asshole. You know, every time my, birth, my brother's birthday comes around, and I overcompensate by giving him a big gift because I don't want to talk about how I didn't go to his wedding. Like all of these things that I still hold in my heart that come and go can be released when I make the amendment. I never have to walk this earth and have somebody in some remote part of the country or even next door who I'm worried about. And I never have to worry that if I get a phone call, it's because somebody's mad at me because I did something. If I'm working step 10, which moves into step 10, and step 10 is that daily inventory. So that if something does happen, I can say, oh, you know what? I stepped on someone in a meeting. I jumped in, in line. You know, I need to go make amends to them. Because otherwise that thing gets buried and I know how to push it back down. I just keep a busy life and then it pops up at a later time. And I don't know it popped up and I eat over it. I don't want to eat over people and things. I want to eat over my breakfast with someone sitting in front of me having a good conversation and it's part of my healthy food plan. So step 10 is great. And step 11 Higher meditation, I still have, you know, it doesn't matter how long I work this program. I have 30 years of a pattern of living that involves me judging my body, counting my calories, and reacting to life. And so every day I practice, I get stronger using the new way of life. But step 11 allows me to slow down a little bit so that when things get crazy, I don't revert back to the old way. Anytime something hits me and I feel overwhelmed, I reach for the old tools. Even if I threw them out the window, the old tools are actually like still there available. It's a practice. It's a muscle memory of reaching for higher power and not reaching for the food or a character defect, lies or um, being mean or just shrinking and hiding and not doing isolating, stop going to meetings. So uh, last night my cat had to go to the vet. It was an emergency. It was scary. And a prayer can be something like, God, what should I do? Meditation can be something like, I'm just going to take four deep breaths before I make a decision or go anywhere. And so prayer and meditation leaves room for the divine and allows me to let go of thinking about reaching for an old tool and instead possibly picking up a new tool. I missed step 12, but um, I feel like 
that's okay. Thanks for letting me share.